Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Lucas. Welcome back to another episode. Today's topic, we are on the subject matter of getting started in the Airbnb VRBO business and getting a listing up and running. There are essentially three ways to get going. Um, One would be converting a property you already own, whether you use it as a long-term rental or you are about to buy one, um, being the owner, or we could also use the terminology being the person in control of, couldn't we, Lucas? Yes. You control it. So in other words, you might rent a home already, right? Correct. Um, Or in your case, rent a townhome and uh, rent some rooms. That's, That's one way to jump in. The other two ways are what is referred to as arbitrage. Uh, Renting by arbitrage means that you are renting from someone else with their blessing. We'll get into that in a whole other episode. Um, The whole story of arbitrage, how it works. But you rent it from somebody and then you make an Airbnb listing out of it or a VRBO listing out of the house. And you have quite a bit of experience in that, don't you, Ryan? Yeah, that part's... uh, When we get to that episode, I'll probably... um, I'll probably be the expert on that one, so to speak. Uh, Then we'll have the third way of getting into the Airbnb business, uh, short-term rental business, and that would be management of other people's properties, Um, and that's kind of your expertise. So absolutely, we'll uh, we'll have the Lucas show on that one. (laughs) For uh, for this episode, though, we're going to talk about owning. Um, I just want to put this out there at the very beginning for all methods of getting into the business. It doesn't matter if you own it, you arbitrage, or you manage. Uh, Number one, all-encompassing umbrella statement. Make certain that the unit, the house, the building, make sure you have a rental license. That's number one, okay? I'm not going to sit and get into all of that because every municipality, county, city, state is going to have different rules and governing laws around how to get licensed as a rental property investigate on your own. I know how it works in my hometown. Lucas knows how it works in his. Um, Everybody is responsible as a uh, business owner to making certain that they have those legalities out of the way. Yeah, just make sure that you've gone and checked. Go call the the county and see what you need to do for, you know, maybe short-term, you know, transient rental tax. Make sure your HOA approves short-term rentals, um, anything like that. I know that... Oh, yes, the associations. That's a big thing. Yeah, that's, that's a huge thing, actually. For Florida, we don't have necessarily a rental license for short-term rentals. I know that you do need to get one for long-term rentals, uh, but short-term rentals, they want you to call the county and, and kind of set up a tax ID and, and things of that nature. So just make sure wherever you're at that uh, you make sure to call the county, and if you have an HOA, check with your HOA on, on short-term right. you know, rental lodging. Right. So again, recap, umbrella statements on all different methodologies. Make sure that you have a legal rental license and make sure that... Uh, all of your governing laws uh, around the area, the city, the, the building uh, that you're in, if it's a condo or a townhome or, or uh, otherwise has an association. Um, some of these things don't matter for single family homes because you might just be in a neighborhood that nobody's uh, governing over you. But if you are in those other situations, just make sure that you're covered there. Okay, so that with that out of the way, um, when it comes to converting a property to a uh, short-term rental, Uh, versus a long-term rental as an investment property. This is, like I said, this is probably the easiest way to get in the business because you own the property, you don't answer to anybody. You're you're the boss, okay? It's your property. Um, 
there are some factors to look at though. So if you're doing well on the long-term rental front, so you've got tenants and you've you've not really had a lot of challenges with them, but you are trying to break into a different revenue stream. Um, there's a couple of reasons you do that. Number one, uh, most important reason, in my opinion, is because uh, I'm I'm a disgusting capitalist and I'm not going to apologize for it. It's because there's more money, right? So there like, is <laughs> definitely more money be to be yeah. made in, in short-term rentals than long-term rentals. There, there is a, a fair bit of risk, though. I'll be I'll be blunt on that. Um, you know, we, we had this little thing a few months ago called the pandemic. Maybe you guys have heard of it. There's this small flu going around. <laughs> a few people got it. Um, you know, I'm and and I'm just kidding, by the way. I'm not I'm not minimizing it because I don't believe in it. I'm I'm definitely a masker. Wear your mask. For God's sakes, wear your mask. It's not that freaking hard. Okay, that's not what I'm getting. I'm not trying to make a political statement here by by joking. Um, anyway, all sarcasm aside, we had a pandemic and. Um, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of repercussions from that. We actually have a, a future episode scheduled to discuss how to deal with variables like that. But what I, all I'm trying to make a, a point here right now is, even though there is the potential for uh, increased revenue out of your property instead of long-term rental, there is also a fair bit of risk. Okay, um, so if you convert your long-term rental that you're comfortably getting revenue from right now into a short-term rental. Just know that there is always the possibility of uh, things like a pandemic, or in my case, since I live in Minneapolis, um, there's, there's, I experienced something I never thought I would experience last year. I had uh, renters being wary about renting from me because of a riot that went on for, it felt like weeks. And actually, when I come to think of it, it was weeks. There was the first weekend it went on, then a, a second, and it just kind of lingered. So there was all these riots, and I had all these messages from, from reservations, you know, asking if if they should still show up. And it's like, well, the riots are not in your front door. They're several blocks away, several miles away, and it wasn't a big deal. But there's risk is what I'm getting at. So just know that going into it, if you're going to have those variables pop up, um, even though there is the potential for higher income, there's those. Um, anyway, as an owner, um, you need to look at location as well. Okay, There's a lot of ways to diagnose for lack of a better term, whether or not you're going to have success uh, with your property. And like I said, if you're having success with long-term rental and you're converting it to make more money, you can do research to find out if that's actually going to happen. I can tell you from my experience, every single long-term rental property I converted to short-term rental has been um, somewhat of a windfall for me. It's been really good. There are months when the revenue stream is double what the short, uh, what the long-term rental would have brought me. Um, and who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like having profit margins go way up? Uh, that's always a good thing. We like that. Absolutely. Um, so that that definitely is the case. Now, let's say you want to do some homework beforehand. Um, there are resources available to you. I strongly recommend you Google things like um, just just hit up Google and say, hey, you know. Airbnb metrics, okay? Um, what's that one called? AirDNA. There's AirDNA. Right. Kind yeah. of a play off of Airbnb, yeah. AirDNA. Uh, a big thing that I like to do is, uh, you know, I, there's AirDNA, but I'll just get on Airbnb and start pricing out my competition. I want to see what the, you know, what the area is bringing in, what I can get. You know, just like as if I'm a traveler, I go on Airbnb and I look at what other people are charging and kind of what they have available, you know, what the amenities are of their place. You know, Ryan does a lot of ownership. Um, I do a lot of subletting. I rent the townhome and um, I went to my, you know, community manager and I said, hey, I want to rent out the bedrooms, you know, short term. Um, How much that rent? And I'll handle the, uh, 
I'll, I'll handle all the tenancy and stuff like that. You know, you do have to make sure that your community or apartment complex allows this as subletting is specifically uh, rejected in a ton of leases. It's right. pretty, almost almost guaranteed to be written in. So it was written into mine and I had to go to my community manager and, and ask if I could do that, um, to which they agreed uh, that I could do it. So I did and I leveraged my rent. And uh, now, you know, I pretty much live uh, almost rent free by renting those out on Airbnb. You know, there was a little bit of overhead. I had to furnish the rooms, uh, buy nice artwork, get everything nice, keep everything nice, keep everything clean, uh, label everything in the house to make sure guests know, you know, where things are at. Um, but there's stuff that goes into it. And um, yeah, so once you get the capital outlaid um, and you get past that pain of spending a little money, it's just like any other business. You put a little money out and you get it back over time. Um, so yes, if you're an owner of a property or you're going to uh, buy a property to make it into a long-term or a short-term rental, um, by all means, it's the best route to go as far as control is concerned. Uh, but you are on the hook for everything. Um, and as you'll find out when we talk about arbitrage or management, there are other ways to be less risky. Um, but if you're the owner, again, just please remember, um, you know, check out the legalities of it. Make sure you have the rental license. And most importantly, um, don't ever forget about your neighbors, okay? Don't ignore the fact that you have got the potential for multiple people over the course of a month coming and going from the house. Make sure the neighborhood knows what you're doing. If you don't do that and they discover you're doing it, um, you could have, you know, uh, you could have a neighbor that just simply doesn't like the idea of strangers coming and going. Um, there's a lot of reasons people act that way, but we find that if you are informative, you tell people what's going on, uh, give them a heads up. Make sure that they understand. And this is huge. I, I've had this with uh, multiple neighbors that are in multi-unit buildings. Um, you, you have to let them know you are the first point of contact. And make sure yep. that they don't call the city information line, call the police, whatever. You're the first call. I'm obviously not saying you're a replacement for emergencies. What I'm saying is make sure they know that you are available 24-7 as the first point of contact when it comes to that property. And with polite neighbors and, um, you know, all the legalities followed, you can be very successful as an owner flipping your long-term rental into a short-term rental. Um, you got any last points for us? No, that's pretty much it. All right, very good. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that for today. Um, all right, guys, uh, next episode we're going to talk about uh, arbitrage as well. So um, until then, be the best host you can be and get that money. Get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.